Hey everybody, welcome back to Point Break Minute, where we point out the moments and break down the minutes of Point Break, one minute at a time. I'm Moran Kennedy. And I'm Jessa Lowe. Uh, and I'm Niall McGowan from Bat Minute 89. I was, I was slightly worried there. I thought you were going to break into like, was this like an, into a musical number? I was like, oh, is this like the musical episode? I, I'm not prepared for this at all. <laughs> I, yeah, I like to do a it's... weird thing with it every now and then, whether it's a Nixon impression or, you know. But this is the second time you've kind of done like a little like dad rap, like, hi, I'm Murr and I'm here to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It just kind of comes out that way. That's how it comes yeah. out when I don't plan what to do, and I just want to do, you know, break it up a it, little bit. It just shows the inner old dad jokes inside of you, <laughs> yes, and that's does. okay. That's that's what they call me. Yeah, inner, inner dad jokes. Inner dad joke, Martin. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for coming on again, Niall. Uh, we are at minute sixteen. Want to break it down? Break yeah. it, break it down, just like I did. <laughs> I don't even want to try. Can you do um, the minute breakdown and rap at some point? Yes, I will. Or I will. Yeah, one of us can. So minute sixteen. Minute sixteen starts with Angel above Lori Petty swimming down to save Keanu from his underwater somersaults and drowning. So it's a, a an angel from above saving a dumb baby angel. Yes. Oh. Um, she grips him like the co- by the collar and pulls him up onto a surfboard. I'm guessing it's hers or his. I can't. I can't quite figure it out. Um, I think. I think it's his because I think she. Well, we'll talk about this. As we go on. Yeah, I mean his surfboard's so shitty. She probably doesn't even want to touch it. She's probably like, ugh. <laughs> but um, I, I think when she went to save him, she wouldn't have taken her surfboard with it with her. Oh, no, no. So it, w- it would be his, yeah. Mm. Um, and it's probably still attached to his ankle. Yeah. Um, anyways, she pulls him up onto his surfboard, um, going, come on, come on, use your arms, paddle, help, come on, come on, you're okay, you're all right, kind of helping him. Helps him onto the beach. Um, Ke- I, my notes, it says, Keanu is a helpless noodle flopping for dear life and hacking <laughs> his lungs out. Um, while he is hacking his lungs out, she yells at him, you crazy son of a bitch, you want to commit suicide? Do it someplace else. And then we can't figure out if it's pegboard or pinkboard or what she's saying. Or pigboard. Or pigboard. But she says this peg slash pink slash pigboard piece of shit, you have no right. And then the minute ends. Hmm. Um, yeah, any thoughts on what, what that, what she's trying to say or what she actually is saying? Well, I, I hear it as pegboard. Although I think yeah. like, so I think I like mentioned cheap. this line two minutes back. I think I said checkerboard. So there was yeah. a mistake right there. <laughs> but, yeah. um, uh, I'm not too sure what pegboard is, but I'm, does it mean like? I'm assuming that means like what the like a notice board, like a thing you put your pin up notices and whatnot on, like that. She's saying that get the the wood and it's so weak. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's that's what you're going for. So yeah, I'm I'm content. To believe that it's pegboard. Yeah. That seems that's. I think that's what our first our first guess was. Well, I kept hearing pigboard, and that's what I ended up searching, but that didn't come up with anything. So pegboard that makes sense. It's just like cheap, misshapen, you know, not meant for surfing. Mm. Yeah, pigboard kind of sounds like some sort of way you would slaughter a pig, and that sounds really sad. So yeah. I'm glad it's not pigboard or I mean, pig like cop. Oh yeah, pigboard. You're a cop. That brings it back around. Yeah, Maybe she knows all along. Conspiracy mm. theory. Who? No, I think it's pegboard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, this I like. This minute starts off. It's 
it's kind of the first time in the movie where it kind of got me a little bit. Like, really? the, the score, yeah. Okay. Jessa, I <laughs> don't, don't, uh, don't make fun that, of my feelings. That, that moment that was so special. The, I think it's mostly the, the music. the music. It's mostly the music. The score comes in, it's very lush. Yeah. And it's very yeah. pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of, uh, in the sort of the underwater filming and sort of the, the visuals and, uh, she's saving his life, which mm. is... So romantic. You know, it's a, it's probably, Keanu Reeves at this point, uh, Johnny Utah thought, you know, this might be it for me. You yeah. know? Yeah. If no one, if no one sees me, the, the waves <laughs> are really big and I might just drown here. And then, mm. uh, so I'm sort of, I sort of get that. And then, uh, yeah, the music, I, I like the music a lot. Mm. Um, Mark Isham, the composer, uh, does some good stuff and uh i noticed i think uh what i'm hearing is an electric violin over the top of the strings um and it kind of reminded me of uh the use of that in the score for there will be blood which is a few tracks on that score where there's strings and then an electric violin over the top and it creates a a nice kind of i never would have made the connection Mm. for that i might be totally wrong but i i just that's a connection i made so i'll share it yeah stick with that uh, the, that remind me of um, the. Oh, well, actually, I only realized though, in doing research for, you know, this today, that it was the same guy. But uh, yeah, Mark Isham um, also did uh, the music for. I know he's done you know quite a few uh, noteworthy things because I remember you guys talked about the mist and you really mm-hmm. you really hate the mist. I oh, love I love the ending in the mist so much because like I went to see it with my friend and we were absolutely falling over laughing at the end of it because it's just so overwrought it's so <laughs> overdone and the music is so sad response. and it's just like there's nothing we could do we're just like what the hell was that that's <laughs> that's bizarre too because that's Frank Darabont that's the guy that did like the Shawshank Redemption it's like one of the most hopeful bright endings of the movie ever. And then it's just like, what happened to him? Did he go through like a really something? Yeah, like did his entire family die or something? Why is he so cynical Who now? Who hurt you, Stephen King? Who hurt you? <laughs> but uh, although actually, the the original story of the mists actually ends on a hopeful note. It ends with them driving around and then getting a radio signal indicating that there are survivors. And it's, it seems that's entirely that's a Frank Darabont edition of like, no, everyone dies <laughs> except Tom Jane, and then he's proven wrong. And for, <laughs> oh my God. yeah, who was this? Who decided this? I guess, I guess Frank Darabont did. I mean, yeah, he was kind of he was kind of a king, the king of king at that point. You know, mm. he'd done Shawshank and uh, the Green Mile, which were both uh, well received. And no, I haven't seen Green Mile because I I was assuming it was going to be sad and animals oh, were going to die. It is. It's, it's an intensely intensely sad film. <laughs> okay, yeah. I will never yeah, see it then. It's uh, it's it's a tough watch. Mm. Although, because um, uh, he also did, though, uh, I've noticed because I always have the little connections to everything in my, like, in our show. I'm always like, oh, dude, did this? Who's connected to that? Because uh, he did the music for The Gingerbread Man, which was the... the ginger uh, Dead Man? Yeah, I was, th- yeah, they did the, the Gingerbread Man, but of course, oh, Busey, ginger, okay. because, you know, Gary Busey was in The Ginger Dead Man. So it's like, oh, that's oh, a nice yeah. little... And then, of course, he did the music for The Net with that girl from the bus. Which is uh, <laughs> a Seinfeld reference I have to make every time, referring to speed. Which, of course, stars Keanu Reeves. So there you go. Oh my God, mm. that was that was an amazing amount of connections he made there. <laughs> but uh, but you were talking around. though about um, the use of strings, and he also did the music to uh, a movie I don't know if you guys have ever seen called uh, Fire in the Sky. 
Yep, well, I've seen it. Oh, yeah. It's Fire in the Sky scared the living shit out of me when I was a kid. It's a freaky one. Yeah, My friend uh, and I, we do a horror movie club, and that that's on our list of the ones that actually worked to be scary. Oh, it is. And, it, you know, uh, uh, for people, in case, you know, anyone out there who hasn't seen it, like, it's it's a, supposed to be based on the true story of, um, well, the true, uh, I'm doing air quotes, um, yeah. <laughs> a true story of Travis Walton, who uh, was one of the most infamous uh, alien ab- abductees. And he, you know, disappeared for a number of days in the seventies, and all his friends and him corroborated the story and said, like, "No, he's abducted by aliens." But the thing is, um, his his actual story of the alien abduction is really boring. Like, he's actually like the, the the most docile, friendly aliens you can imagine. He's just like, "Oh, there, nothing bad happened." And then Hollywood got a hold of this, and they made a movie where they they put in, um, I think it stars Robert Patrick. And uh, Henry Thomas, so it's Elliot from E.T. Although he's not playing the guy who gets abducted by aliens. We could think that would have been... You'd think, oh, who else would you get to play that part but Elliot? But no, he's just in the background. But uh, yeah, the, the, their version of it is absolutely freaking terrifying. And I don't know if it's... Made, like, I've, watched, I've watched it you know, in more recent years, and it still works to me. But I don't know if it's because I saw it when I was so young, and I shouldn't have been watching it. That it still has that inbuilt terror, you know, of us like, oh god, this thing is really, really scary. When it's actually, yeah. if you watch it now as an adult, you might be like, so. But um, although I, I did watch it just a few years ago for the first time and still found it scary, so I can, I could definitely corroborate on that. Oh yeah, well there you go, because yeah, yeah. That, most most of the films, like fair bit of it's actually quite forgettable, but it's like yeah. the actual abduction scene. Where he goes out and it happens, that's scary as all hell. And then yeah. they have the flashback to what happened to him on the ship, and it's absolutely horrifying. And like they yeah. go full on, like they're operating on him and everything, and it's just like it's really, really, really freaky. But the music yeah. to that uh, as well is because uh, even the opening credits is Mark Isham doing the, the score, and it's just you know kind of ominous, weird synth sounds, and then this really screeching violin kind of come in like. And it's actually, it just keeps building and building and building over the credits. And just before the films even started, you're kind of like, oh, something horrible is going to happen. There's something, re- something really, really bad is about to go down. And it's like, it, it, for a guy who's like, he's not done all that, you know, great a range of work. It, he, he's really, really good at what he does. <laughs> cause... Yeah, he, he's one of those composers who he never really was a big, like, you know, he's not Hans Zimmer or John Williams or anything like that, but he's he does a good job consistently. And mm-hmm. he's done a lot of, good movies yeah i think i love the the music here is lovely uh love it during the the skydive sequence beautiful Mm -hmm. music i've always noted as well that um i i think it must have been a deliberate little thing they did where uh it has the there's a love theme between uh tyler and johnny when they're making love on the beach and then that recurs at the end when they're reunited but it seems to it seems to go into more of an upswing when bodie's saying you know, hey, Johnny, see you in the next life. And it's kind of, it's kind of indicating, like what we all already know is like the love story in this movie isn't Tyler and Johnny. <laughs> it's it's Johnny yeah. and Bodie. <laughs> like, and unfortunately for Laurie Petty, she kind of gets saddled with the the much less interesting love story than the bromance that we're we're presented, which yeah. is much more enthralling than the 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 part that she was she she uh, ended up having to play. Which is a shame because Laurie Petty's a great actress, and uh, you know we can talk yeah. about her now because she's in the freaking movie. So yeah, you talk more about Laurie Petty. She, yeah, so she after after the the, the water rescue, uh, yeah, she drags him to the shore and uh, chews him out, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, it's interesting that yeah, she talks about the the pegboard piece of shit, and then if you want to commit suicide, do it on your what is it, do it on your own time. Yeah, do it someplace else. Do it someplace else where someone no one will rescue you, I guess. But uh, which is kind of su- sweet-ish, I should say, because like it's like um, it's like I, I like it's in her nature. She's almost like saying like it's in my nature to save people, and I gotta no one's gonna commit suicide on my watch. Um. She's kind of a heroine. Yeah. But she's definitely, you know, very, you know, she doesn't like this guy because uh, he's obviously a noob and... Uh, <laughs> a shooby. A shooby. A kook. Isn't that the right word? You saw that term? I finally <laughs> use that term right? I don't know. Uh, you're talking about surfing terminology? Yeah, I'm pretty sure kook means some a wannabe poser. Okay. Yeah. So she, he's not, you know, welcome on the beach. She doesn't have any time for him, but she's not going to let him die. Mm. Then, yeah, interesting. Commit suicide, like... He should have known not to, you know, try a wave that big mm. as a as a beginner. I guess is what she's saying. Yeah, I do feel that she's being a little harsh because it's like, I guess maybe you know I, I could speak to her character like maybe she grew up in an environment of like tough love or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, it does seem a bit harsh. Like the guy's just learning. Where else is he supposed to learn? What you want him to go into a paddling pool to learn how to surf? Like he's just trying out for the first time. Why are you giving yeah. him such a hard time about it? Like, he didn't know what he was getting into. But uh, I do love, though, the, the switch. Because the whole way, you know, as they're approaching the beach, and she's all like, you're okay, you're okay. You know, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as he's safe, it's like, you stupid son of a bitch. Like, she instantly, <laughs> yeah. She, she, knows, she has the bedside manner to know, like, all right, he's in trouble now. So be nice to him. He's safe. Screw you, buddy. You know, just to instantly yeah. turn on yeah. a dime. <laughs> Uh, Although, when she is paddling him back, she's like, come on, help, mm. you useless noodle. She, I mean, she doesn't say useless noodle, but she's like, come on, paddle. Yeah, yeah. But the, I suppose yeah, like, that, that is more just like, just you have to get him going. It's just like, you have to do this. Like, this is this is a thing that is necessary in order for you to not die, basically. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But um, I do, uh, Larry Petty, speaking of the, you know, the... The underrated and sort of like, um, you know, the, the career that didn't seem to reach quite the full potential, like Mark Isham. Laurie Petty as well. It's like, you know, she had a period because, you know, absolutely beautiful actress, very, very talented, has a real distinctive quirky style. Like, mm-hmm. um, she really won my heart because I have a thing for like I, like, I like black hair and I like short hair and girls. So I'm like, oh, this is, th- th- this girl's for me. So I can totally understand John and Utah's instant attraction to her right here. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it seemed to be pretty much kind of after Tank Girl. She just sort of disappeared for a while. And I think... Yeah, she's in, she's in a lot of TV. Mm. Uh, she's still around. Um, I think it's Orange is the New Black is the, the thing I've mostly in her. She's like a fairly mm-hmm. fairly big part in that now. But that was after, I guess like 20 years after Tank Girl. <laughs> I hadn't seen yeah, her since. Sort of, yeah, that's, that's sort of part of her like, I'm a middle-aged actor now mm. not the not the young thing anymore she's in richard the third as i'm looking over your shoulder Marin. yeah i don't i don't know that uh that adaptation of richard the third but apparently it was in 2007 mm. with uh david david carradine oh and uh uh who else yeah mm. he's the big name i guess and then Lori petty was in that, that looks yeah. weird she's got, she's got that thing though of like um you know we're speaking about last minute like, uh, of uh you know, there's certain people who should have played certain parts. Particularly, I think about this a lot because I'm doing a pod- podcast about Batman. And it's always like, oh, you know, 
way back, you know, at some point, Crispin Glover, who we were just talking about, should have been mm. the Joker. He still could be the Joker, to be fair. And then it's always yeah. like that Laurie would Petty would have been perfect for Harley Quinn at some point. If they, oh yeah. If they had Ooh. done after Batman and Robin, there was rumors that there was going to be the next film was going to have uh, Scarecrow and Harley Quinn and Madonna. Apparently, was up for playing, but but Madonna or Courtney Love were in talks Ooh, for Harley Quinn. It's like Laurie Petty's right there. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> She's perfect for that part. And uh, yeah, tragedy never. She, she just goes on on the, the the pile of people like. You know, should have been, oh, you know, Lauren Graham should have been Lois Lane, like, you know, 10 years back. But, eh, not now, because I've got, what do you call her, Amy Adams in that part. So, yeah, well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Yeah. so uh, there's another reality where all these things came to pass. I just need to find some sort of interdimensional warp to get me to there, and I'll be good. Yeah. (laughs) I do like, um, in our listener surf shop, I do like that, um... Murd in previous episodes has said that Lori Petty is the female Gary Busey, and um, not, and, no, not I'm not exactly. not exactly, but basically you're alluding mm. alluding to them having a similar energy. And um, one of our listener surf shop members, I think it was Jarf, um, said that he would put her in the in our gender flipped remake. Mm. He would put her as the Gary Busey character, which oh, I feel yeah. like is a really awesome idea. Yeah, mm. yeah, I think that would be great. <laughs> I said we t- I've been trying not to do it on the show because I I don't want the, the audio will go weird. But because every time you mention Busey's character, I just have the vision of uh, John McGinley going Pappas, and it's just like every time I hear Pappas, <laughs> it has to be said that Pappas. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, but actually yeah. I've. I've I was loving that the, that conversation over in the group because it's like oh because someone put up um, Chris Kristen Ritter for Johnny Utah I was like oh that's a good shot I could totally buy that that is good yeah and then yeah. and you said uh, Ellen Page and Rosario Dawson yeah yeah I dig that too I really dig Ellen Page as uh, as uh, Johnny Utah yeah. almost more so than Kristen Ritter I'm not a huge Kristen Ritter fan so that kind of mm. Breaking Bad kind of ruined her for me oh, so. Enough. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, Ellen Page is a little older now, but I guess she still looks very young. Oh, I, I think play, she can still, still pull, she can still pull it off. I'm I'm still yeah. sort of baffled by the actual um, cuz Johnny Johnny Utah is 25 and I I have no idea how the procedure to get hired into the FBI works. But I would have thought like you had to be a policeman for a bit and then like it's it's like becoming a psychiatrist where you have to learn to be a like a, a medical doctor. And then you become, you can go on to pr- further pursue becoming a psychiatrist. So I always thought that like, yeah. the FBI was like you had to become a cop for a while, and then well, you I... apply to the FBI. And if you're good enough, so I thought like you couldn't be, you couldn't be a fully qualified FBI agent until you're at least like thirty. Well, in order to become a detective, at least in the Seattle area, when I was looking into it, I think you had to have it was either five to, I think it was a minimum of five years of being a beat cop before you could even bother applying to be a detective. Yeah, yeah. And one one would assume that in, with an FBI agent, it would be a similar thing mm. that you would have to, yeah, be a beat cop maybe for a while and then maybe be a, a detective for a precinct for a while and then maybe go up. But I don't know if, like, I think in the military, I mean, I, I might be wrong, but I think you can go to school like a military academy and be able to get 
straight out of a military academy a higher position oh, okay in the military if that makes sense mm. yeah yeah the, yeah i don't know how it works either I, the only thing i think of is that like it is a different organization like the fbi is different from the police mm. so it may be a whole different you know avenue that you go yeah yeah to get into that but yeah it does you know he he was a football star in college as we've discovered the quarterback punk mm. and uh he and then he had a uh, we'll, we'll find out i think he's talked about his injury yeah but anyway he does he does at some point uh so and then he just decided to do this i guess and now he's 25 i guess you know he would have been it's only been a few years out of college mm. and he's already uh he's already ready to go yeah so like, like my entire like uh, the, the two conflicting things of my review my, my views of the fbi is like my as soon as someone mentions fbi i think agent cooper in twin peaks as just like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. this guy mid-30s you know much like yeah has a slick black select black hair and um, yeah. but the, the fact that you know uh, when McGinley is doing the whole like oh no caffeine none of that kind of crack and no no donuts none of this stuff and then yet Agent Cooper nothing but caffeine nothing but donuts <laughs> nothing but pastry and pie yeah, yeah. And pie. so it's kind of like oh this is like very two conflicting views of what the FBI you know kind of their their regimen is and then both of them yeah. of course are entirely fictional <laughs> so I, I don't think yes. there's going to be any kind of oh this is exactly what it's like in the FBI but, yeah, uh, <laughs> I did get the feel that uh, that John McGinley's uh, office it was just it was his rule yeah. about that, not not necessarily coming down from the top. Mm, mm. But, yeah, yeah. And, and when I think FBI, I think Agent Scully and Mulder, oh, yeah. um, which of course is also an entirely unbelievably <laughs> fictional. Um, and they're, I mean, they're pretty much like they they don't do really anything that requires physical activity, mm, mm. really. Yeah. Um, so I'd be curious. Except some running sometimes. Yeah, some occasional running. Like, I'd be curious if they even have jurisdiction to arrest people. But I don't know. Mm. I'm now very curious. I think they do. The FBI? They can bring people in. Mm. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, I'm just thinking now, I'll, I just want to see an episode of, like, The X-Files, where they find out that, like, there's, like, an alien that's infiltrated a surf gang so Mulder has to <laughs> has to go undercover and it's just a company oh, yeah. trying to do all the things episode. Johnny Utah does but just doing in that really laconic kind of Mulder fashion <laughs> oh be, my god and then you would have to have like one of the surfers was really an alien or no 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 one of the surfers was really a mermaid <laughs> oh yeah it's, it's the mermaid then we have the mermaid uh infiltration that we mm. that was talking about yeah there's a the thing is something about like secret mermaids because that's that's another much like friggin fire in the sky uh there's a thing i saw um when i was a kid called uh round the twist which is a it was an australian tv show that was big in the uk because they always ship their crap over to us and um <laughs> The it had a storyline. I remember absolutely terrified because it's all about these fam- this family who lived in a lighthouse and spooky things happened. But it was a very kind of quirky, lighthearted kind of affair. And I remember there was an episode where there was a kid at school who wore gloves all the time, and when they took off the gloves, you could see it looked like he had fingernails all over his hand, like full on fingernails. And I remember for some wow. reason this absolutely petrified me. And then at the end of the episode, it turned out he was a mermaid or a merman. And uh, that was the twist. And I was just like, oh, that's a bit. I, th- I, th- I thought it was going to do something really scary. <laughs> it's just like, no, he's just, just it's, a mermaid. Yeah, it's just, the, the fingernails were actually scales. And it's just like, 
Oh. <laughs> but the, the, the memory of being terrified at the beginning has lasted and then just ended with the, uh, oh, it has that little slight, uh, you know, tailing off with like, and then it just turns out to be something really stupid about a mermaid. So. <laughs> well, as we know from uh, Cabin in the Woods, a merman can be terrifying. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Although that's not really a man anymore. It's just kind of a creature. I suppose, like, yeah, it depends on what, like, I'm sure those guys over doing Cabin in the Woods Minute will inevitably get to discuss exactly what quantifies a merman. It's like, yeah, it would cool. assume that it means he has mer junk. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> or, as in Bob's Burgers, a mergina. Oh, <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, we were just talking about Lori Petty. Uh, just do a little more on her. Mm. Uh, I mean, it... it looks like uh, she was. Uh, we were talking about how she was kind of, you know, maybe destined for greater things, but then something happened, and it looks like she uh, she was replaced by Sandra Bullock in Demolition Man. Oh, oh, yeah. due to artistic differences. Mm. I can imagine her and uh, Sylvester Stallone maybe not not getting along so well. Mm. See, I would say that was. Demolition Man's loss, but at the same time, Demolition Man is great. So it's kind of like, I think I think it worked out anyway. But you know, it's, it's a, yeah, like, Laurie Petty would have been. I'm sure she would have been, you know, fantastic in that role. But it's like, yeah, Sandra does a pretty good job as well. So uh, that's gonna be an inevitable one as well. Demolition Man or Demolition Min. There you go. Just the Demolition Min, just with a, the abbrevi- abbreviated Min. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Another confusing, <laughs> confusing name for the the podcast. It's one of those ones that's like I would totally, I would go out of my way to be a guest on that, but it's like I wouldn't do the whole movie. But someone yeah. out there is going to be crazy enough to go like, yeah, the whole the whole thing of Demolition Man. It's like right, I'll be on as many minutes as you want, but I'm not going to take responsibility right. yeah. for the whole project. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So. I actually have a little bit of information right here. Mern, I don't know if you were going to talk about Lori Petty some more, but I do have some information about FBI training and what it takes to be an FBI agent. Yeah, let's, let's go with that. Yeah. Okay. So this is all according to FBI.gov. Um, so who knows how much truth there is in there, but hopefully a lot. Um, anyways, um, it's not an easy job to get into the door. Um you have to be able to have a ton of academics, basically, as well as um, pushing the, the, the ability to push your body to its physical limit. Um, so basically, the training includes over 800 hours, which isn't a ton. Um, I went to beauty school for two, uh, 2,300 hours. Ooh, yeah. So um, apparently, with hair, you need a lot more schooling than you do with being an FBI agent. But... The reality of that is you're act- you actually have to have, I think, a BA, not a BA, a uh, whatever, bachelor's? Yeah. yeah. You have to have a degree in criminal science, criminal justice, um, foreign affairs, international intelligence. Um, you have to be able to, one of, the, one of the things they look for is being able to speak a language like Chinese, Korean, Farsi, Arabic, Russian. Mm. Okay. Um, new agent training is about 20 weeks. Um, and you basically have to do a lot of studying on law, ethics, behavioral science, um, investigative and intelligence techniques, forensic science. Um, so it doesn't even look like there's a ton to do with like cop stuff specifically. Um, 
But, I mean, there is firearms training. The firearms curriculum is 28 sessions totaling about 110 hours of instruction. Mm. Um, You also have to be able to um, complete their physical fitness um, and their ethics training. So it looks like it could potentially be something that, you know, let's say he does the typical American college thing and finishes college with his bachelor's by the age of 21 or 22. So he could conceivably be a fresh new recruit mm. at 25. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. If, Was, is there anything yeah. about diving for bricks on that site? Um, under the diving for bricks subcategory, no, there really isn't. Okay. Um, One can only dream. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, I mean, in a way I get it because... One of the things you had to do to apply to be a cop in Seattle is you had to be able to look at something for, like, a set amount of time. I think they give you, like, 60 seconds to look at this picture. And it was a picture of a – whoops, my mic. Sorry. Picture of a crime scene. And um, you had to be able to then go without looking at the picture and be able to describe where things were located in the crime scene – just based off of memory alone. So I could conceive throwing bricks to the bottom of a pool, being blindfolded, thrown in a confusing environment, like, you know, being underwater, where things are very different than being on land, obviously. Um, obviously. Obviously. Uh, I, could, I could see that being a skill in terms of trying to be able to find something based on memory when you're not in your um, element, mm, so yeah. to speak. Um, anyways, that's not really to do with our minute, but I just thought it was Should have had this info for, uh, for minute six. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. But, um, although I did, uh, uh, uh jump to, you know, uh, Laurie Petty, uh, because mm-hmm. I've just realized, uh, I'm actually in much a six degrees of, uh, Kevin Bacon style. I'm a degree, I think I'm uh. a degree of Laurie Petty. I've only kind of, really? oh, yeah, cause, um. We had a, a guest on our show, uh, a music, she's a full-time musician now, but she does a bit of acting, um, a young woman called Briarly Bishop. She was in a movie called uh, Talents with uh, Michael Madsen. Michael Madsen was in Free Willy with Laurie Petty. Oh. So I was like, oh, no, right. I gotta, I'm like, I'm Practically like, neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> so if I ever bump into Laurie well, Petty, I'd be and... like, hey, did you know this? And she'd be like, get away from me. And <laughs> <laughs> and your Gary Busey photo. Oh yeah, <laughs> I could just be like, I've got a photo. <laughs> Can you verify this is Gary Busey's signature? And she'll be, yes. you know, a mile away, running down, running away from me at this point. I'd imagine. <laughs> I don't know. Gary Busey might get into that. Like, oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> well. but, I, but I have to ask you guys. Like, I'm sure you'll get into it much more in depth as it goes on. But like. Uh, what what do you think of Tyler as like a as a character? Because to me, she she strikes me as and like I don't get me. I love this movie and I think it's virtually perfect in every way. Like there's pretty much nothing I would change about it. But uh, her her character strikes me as a kind of um, Marion in Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of uh, version of um, feminist character in that mm-hmm. they put on the dressing. Of making like, oh, she doesn't take any shit from anybody, and she's tough, and she, you know, she can handle herself, and all this kind of stuff. But at the end, but she's still the one who gets captured. Yeah, at the end of the day, it is just like her, her function is 
well, she ends up as just bait to get Johnny to do this thing at the end. That's essentially what her character, unfortunately, boils down to. And, it's, and as I yeah. said, you know, earlier uh, in the episode, it's like we're much more intrigued by the the bromance between Bodhi and Johnny Utah. Exactly. So yeah. So it's kind of yeah. like, um, like, although some other people might be like, no, she's you know, she might think she's a much better character than that. But like, it, it always slightly bugs me that it's just like, yeah, that's because she starts off you know so ballsy and and um, you know uh, really assured of herself, and yet at the end, you know that that, that is inevitably what she becomes and she ends up you know getting together with johnny despite the fact you know spoilers she essentially doesn't even really know him like she should do yeah yeah he 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 lies to her about who he is and his background yeah Yeah. um yeah i i i agree with all all of what you said like it's uh you know she gets served as kind of you know just a a plot point more than a character in a lot of ways but uh I think that Laurie Petty makes the most of it, and uh, she's definitely, like, as a presence in the movie, uh, she's a very colorful and unique kind of uh, character, in spite of uh, the limitations she's she's given by the writing, I yeah, think. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough to say that. I mean, all I care about is Swayze and Keanu's relationship, so she kind of is just a road, like a speed bump, yeah. honestly, because... Yeah like eh, can you just go away so that we can just focus on keanu swayze <laughs> that's that's just me mm. but yeah i mean she is very much a, a means to an end but i guess you know uh, as you're saying Murin, i guess they do at least at least she brings something to that part which is you know but i say like oh it's like marion and raiders but that's what karen allen did you know she she's a very memorable character yeah um i love that to be fair to marion and raiders of the last arc that's like Indiana Jones is as useless a character in that movie as she is in the end of the day. That's a, yeah, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, he, with, without Indiana Jones, things would have happened pretty much the same yeah, way. Exactly. They just kind of take care of themselves. Probably potentially could have happened Germans faster. And, <laughs> possibly, yeah, probably. But yeah, I mean, it's still, uh, you know, I still appreciate her in this movie, even though, you know, it probably could have been made without mm-hmm. her. I think uh, someone in the, the listener's surf shop, the Point Break listener's surf shop, also said, like, if there was another remake... I haven't seen the remake that they made, but if there was another one, you could just get rid of that character. Yeah, I, I flat out refuse to watch it on on principle. It's one of these things of um, like there's, there's certain things like I won't touch, like it, it, it you know because the, there's so much of a controversy about the you know last year the the Ghostbusters remake and all the the whole cultural kerfuffle that happened around that. And it was like, well, people didn't complain when they re- remade RoboCop, and it's like I did. And like I knew many people who did complain at the time, and it's like you just weren't listening. It's, it's the whole thing is just like, no, this has to stop this remaking of near enough perfect film. So on principle, won't watch that RoboCop remake. People tell me that it's okay, but I won't watch it on principle. And Point Break, that was really like, no, no, you don't. What, what, what are you, what are you going to improve about it? What are you, what, are you, what yeah. did exactly. that film not do that you think you could do better? It's just exactly, and they're really movies of their time, mm. like. They, yeah, that is their element. Is their time? Yeah, yeah. You you can't make you know you can't make a you know Point Break maybe work a little better, but like trying to remake like Demolition Man or you know Running Man today would just be like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> it, it worked in the time it was mm. in. It's we've, we're in a different time now. But I was going to say at least at least the I haven't seen the Ghostbusters remake either, but at least they did something new with. Oh it. yeah, yeah. 
Whereas RoboCop and Point Break, you know, I haven't seen either of those either, but <laughs> it looks like essentially, why why bother mm. even? I would see a gender-swapped Point Break. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting at least. Mm. <laughs> Again, doesn't need to happen, but... No, but it would at least give it some shtick or, you know, some reason to see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it had, you know, the, the casting suggestions that are coming up on, on the page, it's like, well, if it had these people in it, then yeah, totally, I'd, I'd watch that. Um, yeah. Although, ostensibly, like, a lot of people will say that Point Break has been remade many times, and that, like... Uh, yes, we've had that yeah. discussion as, uh, yeah, um, Drop Zone and uh, The Fast and the Furious. Mm, uh, Donnie Brasco, as well. I guess that's that's kind uh, of just yeah. Point Break without the jumping out of planes and stuff, <laughs> but... Uh, Oh, so has Michael Madsen. Yeah, going undercover, <laughs> infiltrating. A tale as old as mm. time. But uh, yeah, that's a good one, though. And it uh, doesn't get told in a more finer fashion than it does in this particular film, I would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is there anything else we want to say about this minute before recommendations? Uh, yeah, there's not much going on. I mean, he gets rescued and she chews him out. I really like Lori Petty's voice. Mm. She has a kind of like spunky. It looks like I don't know. She like smoked a little bit or something, but she has a kind of breaking voice. Kind of stands yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we'll get plenty yeah. more of that. The only other thing I had was um, uh, uh, as, a, as a little aside was that because you know from going down the research rabbit hole on Laurie Petty, I started looking into like the trivia on Tank Girl, and I noticed that apparently right. on Tank Girl they were before Laurie Petty they were considering. Sp- uh, casting any of the Spice Girls, just any, really, yeah, all of them. And I actually <laughs> thought I spot, spotted, um, uh, uh, you know, a, a mistake because they listed all of them. They're like, oh, Emma Bunton, Victoria, well, it's just Beckham now, but, but you know, and all, all going down the list. And then they had Jerry Horner. And I was like, it's Jerry Halliwell, what the hell? I was like, yeah. And then I looked, I was like, I think they're mixed up with Jerry Horner, the composer. And then I was feeling like, ah, oh, this is going to be funny to look up. And then I find out that, that no, Jerry Horner is actually Jerry Halliwell's actual name. <laughs> so I was like, ah. Oh. Really? Yeah, so, okay. Yeah. yeah. Spice Girls. That that would be, I mean, none none of them really did, besides Spice, besides Spice World. Yeah. Really uh, I think acting. most people who watch Spice World would tell you, thank God, they, they went with Laurie Petty instead. <laughs> Because no, yeah. Tank Tank Girl's got a mixed. Uh, I know it's kind of a cult a cult hit now, but uh, you know it was very maligned at the time. And I think one of the few things that the it well, well, the few pieces of praise that it did get was Laurie Petty's performance. So it, yeah, that's kind of her iconic role for me. I think that was the first time I saw her in anything, and I was like, oh mm, yeah. Mm. And one of Ice T's iconic roles. <laughs> Ice T's <laughs> iconic roles as the the kangaroo <laughs> man. Yeah, that's. I enjoy that movie. It's it's another movie. Now who you know who would you get for the the Tank Girl remake? That's another Ooh, question. That's a good question. Think would it be that. gender flopped or not? I mean, it's called you can't oh. call it Tank Boy. That would be I don't know. That would be less interesting. Mm. I think. Yeah, that's true. Uh, anyway, maybe we can post that on the the discussion mm. as well. Uh, I just wanted to ask. You know, traditionally, I think I've been trying to do this, but uh, what was the? Do you remember the first time you saw Point Break? Uh, I don't remember. The first time, actually, I, um, I it's one of those ones. It's just always sort of been there. Like I, think, I can't remember exactly. Uh-huh. I remember the most memorable time I watched it 
because I was just like I, I thought it stood as a testament to the, how good the film was. Was uh, one time I was back uh, in Ireland visiting my dad, and uh, about a half eleven at night. This is a man; he's like he's about 70, 74 now, and this was like two mm. or three years back. And, you know, um, uh, so he tends to head to bed pretty early. I say early; it's like usually like half ten. <laughs> Most people have like a normal time, maybe. But uh, I remember uh, he was like, all right, man, I'm going to head up the, to bed here now. And I was sitting in the living room with him, just flipping around. I was like, okay, no problem. And um, this is about 11 p.m. at night. And I just flipped over, like, oh, point break starting. And he was just kinda, he was seeing out of the corner of the eye. He was just like, oh. And he kind of sat over, you know, on the edge of the, the, edge of the sofa, kind of watching, in, you know, the opening of it. And then after about 10 minutes, I noticed they just kind of leant back into the chair. <laughs> and then, like, maybe, awesome. maybe, like, you know, two hours or whatever later, like, 1, 1 a.m., he was just like, all right, now I'm away to bed. <laughs> he was just, like, completely sucked in by <laughs> Point Break. Like, instantly, without even seeing really any action, he just knew, oh, I know Point Break. Yeah, this is a good movie. <laughs> and it completely su- suckered him in out of nowhere to just watch this film all of a sudden. <laughs> so, uh, That's fir- awesome. I think I talked about this already earlier on, but the, the first time I saw it is actually kind of similar. I just kept, caught the like the like half second half of it on TV, and then I ended up you know watching it till like eleven p.m. or something like that, and then and then the channel that was playing it it just started again, <laughs> and then I watched the first half of it because I was like oh I want to see how it starts. Mm-hmm. So I, kudos to whatever channel it was that decided to show Point Break back to back. I could be like a. Uh... Like, imagine the programmer sitting just like them watching the movie, like God, that's a good movie. Just put it on again. Just, just stick it on yeah. twice in a row. Yeah. <laughs> Middle of the night on a Thursday, you know, whatever. Awesome. All right, so we should move on to recommendations. Yeah, Niall, what's your recommendation for the uh, week? I'll recommend because uh, I recall you guys uh, a while back. You recommended the Little Hours. With um, yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, it got me thinking of a, another Aubrey Plaza film that's out. It's been out this year because Aubrey Plaza is really going through like a like a, a career renaissance. Like she's really coming out with some totally. some great stuff. Like she had you know something as interesting as uh, the Little Hours, and like last year she was in. She's a real scene stealer in uh, Legion. Like she kind of. That's what I've been hearing. Oh, yeah, we've been wanting, wanting to oh I won't spoil anything about it for you because there's a bit of a okay. some stuff happens with her character, but like she starts off in a kind of like oh she's a background role, and all of a sudden she becomes like every episode you're like I need to see what Aubrey Plaza's up to this week, <laughs> and um, awesome yeah, but she's also in a, a great film that came out that's uh, called uh, Ingrid Goes West. Now, mm. what did you think about? See, that? I really liked it. I thought it was very much like. Um, like an updated version of uh, the King of Comedy, like the Scorsese movie from the the, the, the yeah. Nero in the eighties, and um, I just thought it was really. I mean, it won my heart instantly because it has you know Shay Jackson's character, and he's got his obsession with Batman forever, and it's just like I was awesome. a guy yeah. who does who watches is doing a Batman podcast. I'm like, I get this guy. I totally understand where he's coming from. Um, but no, the whole thing. I thought like it was. I was a bit worried at the beginning because the music started very sort of zany and a little too sort of overwrought. And I was like, I don't know about this. And then the film itself completely won me over. And it's kind of like, it's not, you know, the most believable thing in the world, but it is making, it made me think about like online celebrities and the, the uh, and just ourselves online. The fact that you can, you know, make yourself, allow yourself to be perceived a certain way that may not entirely be what you actually are. And, uh, 
Definitely. You know, uh, the fact that you know it has things in there like someone can come out and claim that what their favorite book is and they've never actually read it, but you'll make them seem really profound. And uh, just, just that kind of, just a lot of interesting things about like the fact that, on, you know, online social media can get some very lonely and, you know, um, potentially messed up people into intimate, to form intimate connections with people they don't know. And um, it really just it kind of got the ball rolling and just, you know, afterwards I was kind of thinking of like, yeah, I mean, that, it, you know, I wouldn't say like, oh, that would definitely happen, but there is a kind of like, yeah, I can see what they're what they're getting at. I think it's it's making you think about exactly you know where we're where this whole crazy social media experiment is going, really. So uh, yeah, yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. And she's terrific in it as well. Because uh, Aubrey Plaza, I used to be slightly concerned that because uh, she was just seemed to be eternally April Ludgate. Yes. And then it's not now you see like no she's way more than that she has much she still does have the kind of dead-eyed sardonic thing going on but she can do so much more than that as well so we're finally getting to really see that yeah. shine. So yeah, I recommend uh Ingrid Goes West if uh Awesome. We'll definitely have to see that. It's one that's I think yeah. we've been skeptical about. I, I think it looks looks pretty good but it, yeah, it's been on our radar and and uh, we need to mm. check it out. Yeah. yeah. We we joke about the scene in the trailer a lot because i i try to do the whole outfit of the day thing on instagram (laughs) and i have Myrn take take my photos for me and you go like oh can you get a little lower can you get a little lower Mm. (laughs) and yeah so it it seems like something that would be definitely relevant to our interests and yeah yeah it looked good i was wondering uh i mean who could aubrey plaza be in the point break remake um she doesn't quite work as a surfer, I don't think. But she could, don't she, she, Maybe she could be war child. She could be, uh, <laughs> she could be, she could be 15. <laughs> she could just be like, uh, surf yeah. the source. Let's change your life. Just really do it, and that's yeah, completely... Yeah, she could do that. Yeah. Be the shop. <laughs> play it differently. Yeah. All right, we're going... We're almost hitting the 46-minute mark here, so I'm going to go quickly. I, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go a little lowbrow this time. Uh, I, uh, re- a couple days ago, we watched uh, Event Horizon. And uh, that's not a good movie, but I enjoyed it. And I've seen it before, and I think it was the second or third time I've seen it. And I've enjoyed it every time. So, Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. It's not the scariest or best or anything horror, horror movie, but it, it strikes a good balance of being scary enough and goofy enough to, to be entertaining for a mm-hmm. few hours. Have, have, that was a pretty good cast, have you, uh Have you looked up the... Um, so, no, there's a lot of people calling for the release of the scenes, and you can get images of them. But you know, apparently they did shoot entire sequences of, you know, they get the little flashes of hell yeah. and the absolute horror. And yeah. Even the little flashes, you're like, ugh. But apparently there's full-on sequences filmed of that that were so really? intense that they were... And they just yeah, cut, they it cut it down. It down yeah. And you can get the just stills of them online. And they do look like, ooh, that looks like that would have been pretty damn nasty. <laughs> um, yeah. Ooh, I'll have to Google that. Yeah. Do, a- yeah, that looks interesting. I mean, uh... Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. Not a great movie, but it served its purpose. And uh, I, space horror is always kind of it gets me in a certain way that other horror movies, horror mm. movies don't. So, Event Horizon probably uh, Paul W S Anderson's best work mm. as well. Mm. Unless you unless you uh, like Mortal Kombat. Maybe. Oh well, yeah, it's, it's got its place. <laughs> I'll give it that. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I, in addition to that, I'll I'll just throw out Sunshine as well. Another sort of uh, kind of reminds me of that in some Very ways. Very similar like a, horror movie. Space. Uh, it's not a horror movie all the way, no. but uh, it has some similar stuff in it, and I, I really enjoy 
uh, mm. Sunshine. I could say that's a legitimately mm. good movie. That's a, so, yeah, that's a great, uh, amazing soundtrack to that as well, actually. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I love the score in that. There's a really cool, um, I, I'm a big fan of like uh, mashups, like uh, music mashups, and there's a really cool one of, uh, the, it takes uh, the main bit of the score from Sunshine, uh, and it mixes it with a more Chiba song, and it works really well. It's wonderful. I think we've been thinking about, we like to dink around on little covers. We're not brilliant musicians by any means. We just kind of do it for ourselves, but doing a mashup cover of that, yeah, or starting a mashup podcast talking about song mashups. Yeah, that's another um, plan that I, I might go through with. But yeah, it's uh, I think it's called Washed in Sunshine. Mm-hmm. It's really okay. cool. Awesome. So my recommendation is also going to be kind of different. Um, I guess not that different, but yeah. Um, anyways, doing uh, The Trip. Uh, the Steve Coogan and <laughs> other guy's name I can't remember. Rob Brydon. <laughs> Thank you, Rob Brydon. Uh, movie. And I would recommend both the original and the sequel and i'm highly anticipating the trip to italy um, the trip to italy was the one we've seen and they're doing the trip to spain just kidding trip to spain um or whatever trip to somewhere um, wherever they go we'll watch yes uh and i really like that movie it's very understated steve coogan and robert bryden going on their men of a certain age road trip um and eating a lot of food and joking around and playing pretty much kind of themselves and trying to one-up each other being competitive in their careers and where they are in Mm. life um but it has some really funny moments and um some really really good impressions um (laughs) and some not so good ones (laughs) yeah but still you brought it up because uh really good I, I lived with a fella about two years ago, and he was obsessed with the obs- uh, with the impressions in the trip. He would constantly, he was always oh do the the uh, Anthony Hopkins and Mutiny on the Bounty thing, and like, cut out your eyes, and like, we're gonna run, we're gonna sail for the horn, and he'd do this to me every day. And then he got into the whole uh, Michael Caine and Batman thing. And, uh, <laughs> oh I yes, bury another Batman. You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off, or whatever it is. I can't do an accent. <laughs> Save my life. I won't bury another Batman. <laughs> so how many Batmans have you buried? <laughs> I've, I've many... got a whole cave full of Batman. <laughs> That's pretty much a lot of Marin and I's conversations are just lines from movies. <laughs> and that's one of the movies that we do conversations of, as well as the Come Come Batman. Come Come, Mr. Bond. Oh, yeah, yeah. Come Come, Mr. Bond. as much as I do. And then this, the uh, Bane, like, <laughs> thing. Uh-huh. I should really introduce to my friend Jimmy, because yeah. like, I swear to God, for like a solid year, he was just doing these things to me every day. <laughs> just like. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> awesome love it so that's our is that our show for the week that's our show for the week it's the longest one we've had yet i think uh and, not, and about for a minute that uh, not a lot really happens in but that's how it goes sometimes thank you for tuning in to point break minute thank you niall mcgowan for coming oh, on our show happy to be here. check out bat minute oh. <laughs> yeah check out bat minute 89 uh looking forward to hearing them talk about the next couple of movies mm. too um check out Check us out on iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe. Check out uh, the Point Break Listeners Surf Shop on Facebook to continue the discussion. And uh, that's about it for Point Break Minute, brah. Yeah. Yeah.